This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5-Minute News. Kabul airport attack kills 60 Afghans and 13 U.S. troops. Biden vows to finish evacuation of Americans from Afghanistan. And Capitol Police officers sue Trump over insurrection. It's Friday, August 27. I'm Anthony Davis. Two suicide bombers and gunmen attacked crowds of Afghans flocking to Kabul's airport on Thursday, transforming a scene of desperation into one of horror in the waning days of an airlift for those fleeing the Taliban takeover. The attacks killed at least 60 Afghans and 13 U.S. troops, Afghan and U.S. officials said. The U.S. general overseeing the evacuation said the attacks would not stop the United States from evacuating Americans and others, and flights out were continuing. General Frank McKenzie, head of U.S. Central Command, said there was a large amount of security at the airport and alternative routes were being used to get evacuees in. The blasts came after U.S. intelligence and Western officials warned of a major attack, urging people to leave the airport and not congregate at the gates. But that advice went largely unheeded by Afghans desperate to escape the country in the last few days of an American-led evacuation before the U.S. officially ends its 20-year presence on August 31st. The Islamic State group claimed responsibility for the killings on its Amak news channel. The IS affiliate in Afghanistan, ISIS-K, is far more radical than the Taliban, who recently took control of the country in a lightning blitz. The Taliban condemned the blasts. Initially, US officials said 11 Marines and one Navy medic were among those who died. Mackenzie said another 15 service members were wounded. Officials warned the toll could grow. More than 140 Afghans were wounded. One of the bombers struck people standing knee-deep in a wastewater canal under the sweltering sun, throwing bodies up and into the fetid water. Those who moments earlier had hoped to get on flights out could be seen carrying the wounded to ambulances in a daze, their own clothes darkened with blood. Meanwhile, in Washington, the president spent much of the morning in the secure White House Situation Room, where he was briefed on the explosions and conferred with his national security team and commanders on the ground in Kabul. Joe Biden vowed on Thursday to complete the evacuation of American citizens and others from Afghanistan, despite the deadly suicide bomb attack at the Kabul airport. He also promised to avenge the deaths, declaring to the extremists responsible, we will hunt you down and make you pay. 
Speaking with emotion from the White House, Biden said the Islamic State Group's Afghanistan affiliate was to blame for the attacks that killed 13 American service members and many more Afghan civilians. He said there was no evidence they colluded with the Taliban, who now control the country. We have some reason to believe we know who they are, he said, of the bombers and the gunmen involved. Not certain. He said he'd instructed military commanders to develop plans to strike IS assets, leadership, and facilities. The IS affiliate in Afghanistan has carried out many attacks on civilian targets in Afghanistan in recent years. It's far more radical than the Taliban, who seized power less than two weeks ago. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place of our choosing, Biden said, adding, these ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans, we will get our Afghan allies out, and our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. Biden said U.S. military commanders in Afghanistan have told him it's important to complete the evacuation mission, and we will, he said, adding, we will not be deterred by terrorists, we will not let them stop our mission. U.S. Capitol Police officers who were attacked and beaten during the Capitol riot filed a lawsuit on Thursday against former President Donald Trump, his allies and members of far-right extremist groups, accusing them of intentionally sending a violent mob on January 6 to disrupt the congressional certification of the election. The suit in federal court in Washington alleges Trump worked with white supremacists, violent extremist groups, and campaign supporters to violate the Ku Klux Klan Act and commit acts of domestic terrorism in an unlawful effort to stay in power. The suit was filed on behalf of the seven officers by the Lawyers' Committee for Civil Rights under law. It names the former president, the Trump campaign, Trump ally Roger Stone and members of the extremist groups the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers who were present at the Capitol and in Washington on January 6. The suit names as defendants several people who've been charged with federal crimes related to the riot. They are alleged to have conspired to use force, intimidation and threats to prevent Joe Biden and Kamala Harris from taking office, to prevent Congress from counting the electoral votes, and to prevent the Capitol Police from carrying out their lawful duties. Documents requested by the House Committee this week are just the beginning of what is expected to be a lengthy and rancorous congressional investigation into how the mob was able to infiltrate the Capitol and disrupt the certification of Biden's presidential victory, inflicting the most serious assault on Congress in two centuries. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news. Daily. On the morning of August 1, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. 
You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.